Welcome to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Joyous conversations about what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about our one reality. You have nothing to fear. You are eternal and you are perfectly loved. Knowing the truth changes everything. Now, here's Roberta. Welcome to Seek Reality. I'm Roberta Grimes and I'm so happy you're with us today. My dear friends, no one who has ever been a new mother will ever forget the moment when she first held her first baby in her arms. You know then that you would do anything for that child, to protect that child, to help that baby grow, to always keep your baby safe. And and frankly, I have to say, given my age, that if there's anything you love even more, and I hate to say this, it's your first grandchild. Oh, my goodness. I used to be, I have. A little apology here. I used to be a lunatic driver until the moment when my middle child started to have her brood. And then, oh my goodness, I bought the world's safest car and I have been the world's safest driver ever since. Even though I know now that there is no such thing as death, I know I'll get to see them all again. I can really identify with the unimaginable horror of having a child leave this world child or grandchild, before we do. I don't even use the word die with regard to a child. I'm going to say this again, though, and I'll say it for the simple fact that it's true. Nobody ever dies. I mean that nobody ever dies. But still, if you cannot touch your child or your grandchild, cannot tuck that baby into bed at night, it feels like a horrible tragedy. And it is, it is a horrible tragedy. So we've been sharing with you lately the stories of some mothers and fathers who have amazingly found their child's picture on our wonderful friend Sonia Rinaldi's communications from stations in the greater reality. And our guest today is Camille Dan, who is another such grieving mother. It was my beautiful friend Sandra Champlain who first brought Camille to my attention. And she told me how much Camille has been doing lately to help other grieving mothers to find ways to heal, to feel better, to to move on a little bit, which I think is really beautiful. I mean, people who are grieving, who look to help other people, those are really, really special people. And that's what Camille has been doing. Camille has been finding ways that she can do something for for other people. One of the things she's just done is to publish Gathering at the Doorway, which is an, an anthology of signs, visits, and messages from the afterlife. It's a collection of stories, both anecdotal and research-based, from over 40 authors from around the world. People from nearly every continent and background share stories that have this common thread. Camille told me when she emailed me about it that she planned to publish the book this summer before the Helping Parents Heal Conference in Arizona in August. And some of the keynote and guest speakers at this upcoming conference, upcoming as we as we talk today, have contributed either a chapter, a foreword, or an endorsement to the book. And Camille said that after her eldest son Aaron's transition in September of 2019, that she's been on what she calls an incredible journey. And we're going to talk to her about that today. Camille, welcome to Seek Reality. I'm so happy to have you with us, especially since you've been doing such wonderful things for others. Hi, Roberta. Thank you so much for having me. And it's such an honor to be on your show. I've been following you for a while now. 
uh, well, especially since uh, my son transitioned. And I'm very grateful for all you do. Oh, bless you, dear. That's very sweet of you. I'm grateful for what you're doing, too. Tell us Aaron's story. Yeah, so um, sadly, Aaron uh, left his earthly life on September 22nd of 2019. It came as a shock, uh, very unexpected. Um, and uh, the grief journey began there, something parents never expect. We don't expect to outlive our children, and we don't know what to do with this out-of-order loss. And I was definitely one of those parents who had no experience with the afterlife. So, of course, I thought of it as, okay, it's over. I'll never see my son again, never get a hug from him. He's never walking through that door again. Well, not long after uh, Aaron's transition, a friend of mine, her name is Arlene, she's contributed a chapter to the anthology, came over with a handwritten note that she claimed she had channeled from Aaron to give to me. And there were details in this letter that uh, she couldn't have known, even though Aaron was 31 and we'd known each other since our children were born. The next day, we had a meeting with the detectives. Aaron died in an accident. And one of the detectives said something that was word for word in the note. Oh, really? Yes, really. I don't remember another thing he said. I just <laughs> stood there with my mouth hanging open. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, a bit about Aaron in life. He was such a brilliant child ahead of developmental expectations from, it was obvious from a really early age and um, just a generous heart, a sensitive soul and just, just a wonderful child. Uh, for example, when he was two years old, actually uh, under three years old, um, he picked up some coins that fell out of my pocket on the way to school. He was in nursery school and he wouldn't, he gave me a fight. He had to take them to school and I was nervous about it. And about an hour after dropping him off at school, the principal called and she said, Aaron shockingly gave every child in the class a coin and told them to put it in the charity box. Meanwhile, here I was thinking she was oh. calling to tell me some, some kid choked on a oh. coin. Yeah. Bless him. Isn't that a beautiful story? Thank you. But what a beautiful mom you must have been to him that he knew to do that. That doesn't come naturally. I I don't in him it seemed to he he was always ahead of where I would expect a child that young to be he just had this old soul wisdom oh. and so looking back now uh now that my mind has opened up 
like Sandra, I'm a former skeptic. Yeah. Now that, yeah. So now that my mind has opened up, I get it. He, yeah. he is an old soul. <laughs> but, but that's so often true. I can't tell you how many mothers of, and, and people even who have transitioned as children, the mothers have said this or that child as a young child was doing these things, I, I, I would look at this kid in amazement and say, how did they know how to do that? It, it's just yeah. amazing to me. Yes. Yes. And Aaron, you know, Aaron's my first child. And so this all came in amazement to me, everything he would do and say, I just, you know, I thought, wow, where did that come from? So I'd love to take credit for all of it. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, going forward, he, he did experience some struggles in life being so sensitive and so giving and sometimes not um, as careful maybe with that as, as um, he might've been. And, you know, kids get to an age where as parents, we, we'd like to hover over them, but we can't. And, you know, so growing up, he, he went through some struggles, but, um, you know, when he got into his late twenties, he, um, he got through that and he was doing extremely well. So at 31, um, to find out from when the police knock on your door. Uh, yeah. And we had, we had just gone to our favorite pizza restaurant a few nights before, and we had an amazing conversation. Um, he was telling me about his plans. So, um, yeah. So the initial, uh, shock and grief fog that I was in, uh, lasted a long time, but I think Aaron in his wisdom and his brilliance, uh, in life. And, and I call him a brilliant star in the sky for me. He's a, been a guiding light for me, uh, since right after he transitioned soon after, um, that note from Arlene, um, you know, I had, I began reading books right away, trying to soothe my soul and help me in my grief journey. And a number of books mentioned getting out in nature. So we decided, let's go up north. We'll, we'll go to the lake and where it's peaceful and we can go on beautiful nature walks. So we got in the car and it was um, now October of 2019. And and up here in Canada, we get the beautiful fall colors on wow. the trees. Yeah. And so the highways just lined with them. And, you know, I was kind of lulled into a trance marveling at these beautiful fall colors. And at that instant, I was struck by a tidal wave of grief when I realized Aaron is never going to see this again. Yes. And immediately I heard him as if he was a passenger in the car with us say, I do see it, mom. Oh, oh golly. He said, I see the colors of the trees, but not like you do. He said, I can't explain how brilliant these colors are, but you'll know when you're here. He said, I see the energy that the trees are emitting. 
So from that point onward, he began telling me things about his afterlife. And, and at the same time, he began sending me signs that corresponded with the things he was telling me. And I could hear him in his voice. And I still do. It's how many, how many, almost three years later, I still hear him. He still talks to me. He still talks about energy and the universe. And he's basically given me a crash course in physics and metaphysics <laughs> that I never learned about before. So but isn't uh, that beautiful? I mean, let, let's stop and, and think about that. You, he's not there physically right but he is still talking to you you know for a certainty that Aaron is alive he's as alive as he ever was and he's talking to you he's a part of your life as he always was isn't that a beautiful thing it's so beautiful and you know I was a hard nut to crack on that being a former skeptic yeah despite well, the we fact all were. yes but yeah. but you know I was too it was it took two years of reading this stuff intensively reading communications before I started to say maybe it's true yeah yeah anybody with half a brain has got to be skeptical because you look around and where are they anyway you know I mean you got to be skeptical but sooner or later you start saying hmm and when you hear his voice and of course he's alive, but what, isn't that beautiful? It's, it's for a long time. I was back and forth. It is so um, miraculous when yes. you can hear his words and his messages in his voice that you yes. start to think maybe you're hallucinating or maybe it's your imagination but actually, Aaron said it is. It is your imagination because your imagination is part of your connection. So he's just filled me with um, so much information in a short span of time that it's just been evidence for me and that, uh, you know, I, I just it's undeniable evidence. I can't keep hanging on to skepticism any longer. Yes. How beautiful, Camille. I'm so happy for you. Thank you. So what else has he told you? What is he telling you now? That's a great, thank you for asking that. Um, because that's what, what I'm doing is all about. It's all about what Aaron is telling me. Um, it, I came to the realization uh, before I published my first book that Aaron has been guiding me, not just so for my own knowledge, but to, to share it with people. And um, so I was, I began journaling my grief. And when Aaron started speaking to me, my message messages from him began taking over my journal. And it just was evident at a point that I couldn't just keep this all to myself, although it was therapeutic for me and cathartic during my grief. These were incredible messages that, you know, I, I was so enlightened by, I just felt like, well, maybe, maybe they might help someone else. Yes. So, yeah. So I, I published my first book, which is called Aaron's Energy, An Unexpected Journey Through Grief in the Afterlife with My Brilliant Son. Um, and it, it is a 
book, a journal full of his messages and, and each, each one of his messages built on each other. So he's kind of been guiding me along, um, you know, because this is something I hadn't experienced before, hadn't studied any of this before. So he's been explaining to me. At one point, he explained to me about his actual transition. He waited until I was emotionally ready to hear that because it, that took me a long time to even think about what my son might have gone through um, in his passing. And he told me he woke up in, in a dark room. There was darkness all around him. And suddenly a light appeared and it looked a lot like the sparklers that we used to play with on, on Independence Day. And we'd spin them around in circles. It looked just like that spinning light. He shows me images too, by the way. So that was an image he showed me. And then he said that that was the only thing there. So he went toward it and was absorbed into it. And he recognized people that he knew in life who were there in that light, welcoming him in. Wow. Okay. And then what? Well, then um, he had been not long before that talking about black holes and event horizons. And I was, oh, thanks, Aaron. I'm <laughs> loving this physics lesson I'm getting. Uh, what is this? Why are you telling me this? Why are you telling me about black holes and event horizons? Well, he eventually allows me to connect the dots. So after explaining to me about a black hole, dark matter and dark energy, and what all that is and how 95% of the universe is comprised of things we can't see, but they're there, and showing me what an event horizon looks like, that's what the ring of light looked like when he spoke to me about his transition. And I, I just was, oh, wow, Aaron, not only are you guiding me, you're doing this in such an organized way to make sure I understand. So did he meet people he knew, people he loved? Yes, he did. My mother had transitioned only four months before him. And Aaron was, he was a beautiful caring and loving grandson and he he just loved and doted on his grandparents and sadly my mother um passed suddenly um as well and she was there he said mimi that's what my kids called my grandmother or my mother um mimi was there so he didn't suffer he was it was no i asked him that I, you know, that's a really hard question for a parent to ask their child or to even think of that they might have suffered. And he said to me, Mom, you know, when you get a paper cut? Yeah. He said, it was like that. It was like a less than a split second of pain followed by, he said, the most incredible feeling of bliss and peace and comfort and love Wonderful. and you forget about that little momentary blip on the radar of pain they say that the about the easiest way to pass is 
is in a fatal auto crash or, or that sort of accident for that reason, because it's, it's over so quickly. Yeah. It's interesting because, you know, in life, we're so terrified of the pain of passing. I, I'm not sure how you feel about this, but I realized after it's not really the passing so much I'm afraid of. It's the pain on yeah. passing. And yeah. meanwhile, I've heard so much since from near death experiencers that uh, they actually left their bodies before the, the impact. They didn't even yes. feel the pain. Yeah. Yeah. Mikey Morgan in his book talks about seeing the crash from above and that's, they often talk about that. Fortunately, that wasn't a bad way for him to have transitioned. That's what I learned from him. And you know, who better to tell me (laughs) about it than himself, right? Yeah, of course. Of course. So what else did he, what else has he told you? Let's get the inside story from someone who knows. Okay. Um, Well, he has talked quite a bit about energy. Uh, And that's the reason the my first book is titled Aaron's Energy. Uh, So he started telling me about energy and how energy connects with energy it's compatible with. So it's drawn to compatible energy. Um, he, I asked him, well, what about negative and positive? He said, it's not how it's, it is. And it's, it's way more, he said, than, than we're ever able to detect or study or research. But suffice it to say that negative energy is an important part of the universe, just as important as positive energy is, as we know, that's that the, um, atoms form on that basis, the electrons and the uh, protons and the neutrons and so forth. So, you know, and he shows me uh, kind of pictorially as well, as well as he can about energy uh, being drawn to compatible energy. And he talks a lot about sustainable forces so he he mentions um that in uh, certain situations in when incompatible energy gets close together it's not sustainable for very long it kind of dissipates and goes off into the universe for better use he told me that the energy is the source of all creation and that Love is the energy of creation. He said that everything else is a derivative of love, which sometimes is hard to understand. But what he talks about is, is that we're created to be where we are. And we're kind of holding the universe together. (laughs) You know, I mean, the universe is uh, flexible he says, and, you know, we can't understand how time operates beyond the three dimensions we live in. And the universe, the universal energy can fine tune and make instant adjustments forward and backward in time, believe it or not, which is mind boggling for me. Um, But he says that energy constantly flows through the universe. And it's constantly flowing through us. 
even when we're in the physical three-dimensional state, it's still flowing through us all the time. We're constantly in connection with the loving energy of the universe. And he said that everything that we need for survival, we're equipped with. And sometimes things like fear and things like anger and things like grief, well, they're all derivatives of love, he says, and they're all necessary for us to be able to remain where we are for the time we're there and, and when we're in our human form. And one quote that he made that um, ended up in my second book that I, well, actually my third, because I, I published uh, two editions of Aaron's Energy, but the anthology that you mentioned at the beginning, I, uh, there, I, I have quotes that kind of, you know, tie all the chapters together, all everyone's stories. And I chose the quote from Aaron uh, for my chapter. He said to me, what if it was that one act of kindness of yours in that moment that held the universe together? He said oh, wow. that to me. He's a philosopher. <laughs> he truly is. And he, yes, he definitely. And thank you for saying that. He really was a, an incredible philosopher with, with such a, a, a brilliant mind in life. And, and he's showing me that that's eternal. He, he always will be. Well, you sound as if you are in helping others. You're really helping yourself to move forward with your life and you're growing and you're making your own life so much better, which is, which is, I think a beautiful thing. I mean, that's what all of us really are meant to do. Even with the hardest things it is that happen to us. I mean, from I, I have met people and tried to help people who never have been able to get over the, the first moment that, that they learned that, that their son or, ch- or daughter had transitioned. They just never were able to deal with it, which to me is very tragic. That's not what's meant to happen when we have these, these things happen in our lives. But they couldn't deal with it. And you have not only dealt with it, but you have, I'm sure, made Aaron so proud of you. Because look what you've done with your life. Well, thank you. You know, I, I've, I, that's so kind of you to say, and, and I, I do understand how hard it is in the very beginning. I had no, I almost had no desire to carry on. And, you know, I, I, it's Aaron. I think he knew, he knew if I don't help my mother, she's, (laughs) she's going nowhere. And I literally have followed him and, and everything that I've written and everything that I've done has been on his guidance and in his honor. And I do feel that we're working together across the veil. Like I know it now, of course, because he told me everything that happens in every dimension affects every other dimension. Right. And he said, even though we can't see where they are, they're there. And what happens here affects what happens there and, and vice versa. And so the more we do to help ourselves here, we're actually helping our loved ones across the veil. 
Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's been made plain to me actually by my, but when, by, by my spirit guide that um, if I do things, um, I help him grow spiritually, no pressure or anything, but, <laughs> and I'm sure, I'm sure he has, maybe he hasn't quite said no pressure or anything, mom, but the better you do, the better it's going to work for me. But, but yeah, um, we, it's all, it's all one seamless whole. And uh, we're, we're helping one another to grow. That's absolutely right. But yeah, and he has said that to me, no pressure, mom. Because sometimes you do, right? Sometimes, sometimes you feel that pressure, like, oh, my goodness, what have I taken on here? And he tells me, take a break from it, mom. Take a break. Oh, my. so funny. <laughs> but, but that's true. But, but, uh, Carol, Carol, next week we're we're going to have Carol and Mike on again. They're such a great team. But but in the beginning, I mean, she had she had just two children, and and um, her oldest was Mikey. And Mikey actually came into that life deliberately to die at the age of twenty, so that he could communicate through her while she had plenty of time to still communicate do his communications. I mean, talk oh. about a design for heaven's sake. And um, she said, I didn't sign up for this. He said, oh, yes, you did. And, and uh, <laughs> yeah. she said, I never would have. She, he said, oh, yeah, you did. And, and um, so, but they, no, they're, they're a great team. But still, you know, this, this, is, this is all so temporary here. We just don't understand that it's temporary. And, and it's beautiful, actually, when we all get together and we all raise a glass of nectar in some, you know, uh, bar. I, I, whenever I think of these bars, I think of, of the one from Star Wars, but it won't have all the <laughs> weird looking people in it. It'll, it'll all just be us and we'll all raise a glass of nectar and we'll all, we'll all toast one another and say, we really did pretty, do pretty good job after all when you, when it all comes down to it. But but still, it's still temporary here. It's eternal there. But right now, it doesn't feel that way. It feels like hard duty, doesn't it? It really does. It you really know, does. And I've asked Aaron about all that. Just to be able to hug him one more time. I know that. I mean, he knows it too. And interestingly, I have hugged him. That's the, Tell us that story. That's what? the incredible thing. So I never expected it would happen, um, but in a dream, and I've heard since that they're called dream visitations. Oh, Aaron yes. has visited me in some dreams, and in one dream, his hug was so real, I, I, di- I didn't want to wake up. I didn't <laughs> even know I was asleep. It, I, it was so incredibly real. I know. You know that I hear from widows now. This is how thin the veil is becoming. I hear from widows whose husbands visit them and they have physical sex. Believe it or not. I believe it. So after that hug and I could feel it physically. The first time a a widow told me that story, I actually blushed. It was impossible not to. (laughs) So that's (laughs) how thin the veil is getting. (laughs) Yes. The veil has been thinning, they tell me, for probably 100 years now. It's getting thinner and thinner. I hear very clearly now from um, from beings, which I never did before. I, I, I hear their voice so clearly, and I am not particularly. And, and, you, and you hear his voice, so too, right? 
Yes, in the beginning, I heard a few others. Um, and I asked him when I wasn't hearing my mother. And then my mother spoke to me and said, that's because she lets Aaron do all the talking. You know, she's telling me that Aaron speaks for her and speaks for everyone else. I, and on rare occasions since I have heard another voice, but it's mostly Aaron. Uh, I would say overwhelmingly Aaron's voice. And my understanding is that that often happens because one, uh, one soul can speak for many. That's right. That happens all the time. The upper level beings all speak um, together. Sometimes a collective of thousands of them will speak with one voice. They'll, they'll, they choose someone, I guess. They have one spokesperson. Yep. But that's always been happening for a long time and usually through someone who has um, psychic ability. I'm a psychic as a post. But I, 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 there are there are certain beings. I'm not going to say yet who they are, but your jaw would drop if I told you. Who talk now all the time? There's one in particular who looks over my shoulder when I'm answering people, and when he decides he's going to say something, he really does, and I hear his voice very clearly now. Wow, it's amazing, and and I am not psychic at all, but the the veil is so thin at this point, it is unbelievable. It's so amazing um and that you would mention the last hundred years because it seems to tie in with the advent of technology and electromagnetic energy use of electromagnetic energy and so forth and advancements we've all made uh mankind has made towards it and um you know the fact that that i discovered an image of aaron that was created in Dr. Sonia Rinaldi's laboratory and that, and I found out that she, she is able to record hundreds of images, if not thousands. And, and there Aaron was, and this was completely unexpected. In fact, it was a photo I had never seen of him before, but it was him. And I, when I saw it, I, I, it was on the Rinaldi. I was watching the uh, documentary the one that yes. came out this February called Rinaldi. And at 58 minutes into the documentary, there's a photo of my son. And I just about <laughs> fell off of my chair. Where, where did she get that? And I instantly started sending it out and my other kids. Oh, wow. Where did you get that picture of Aaron mom? And oh, you're not going to believe this. And the, the, the interesting chain of events is that, Sonia, before I even knew about her documentary or had heard about it, I wrote to her and she contributed a chapter to Gathering at the Doorway. And it next thing I see this picture of Aaron in the documentary, and I'm like, how could all this happen? You know, well, we know we know how it happens now. And one time I wrote in Aaron's energy in my first book about Aaron telling me that he'll be back and I'll recognize him. And this was as a result of me crying all the time. You know, it's, it's not uncommon, I think, for parents to ask that question. I just want my child back. You know, you yes. have that feeling. And I, I would go through that for periods of time and my grief. I just want my son back. 
And he told me one time, I will be back, mom, and you will recognize me. And I said, oh, yes. what do you oh, mean? Are, are you going to be one of my grandchildren? I'm going to recognize you. How am I going to recognize? He didn't answer until he appeared in the documentary. That was my yeah. answer. And I did recognize him. And since then, a number of other parents have discovered images of their own children in that documentary. There's literally a station, a, a physical station in the astral plane, and they go there, they're photographed, and they appear in her, in her, in, in that film, and they're they're appearing on film all the time in her in her station here. There are names you would recognize who are scientists who are doing this. Yep. And, and you Absolutely. know, a lot of people might hear us talking about this and thinking, oh, we're, we're caught up in the woo-woo stuff. But this is, you it's know, science. This recorded is, this is evidence. Science. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Instrumental recordings following scientific research you know, like any other scientific study and gathering evidence. That's right. And Aaron tells me it's, this is way easier for them to do. And we're finally at a stage now where we can receive these images because there are people like Dr. Rinaldi. Yes. Been instructed how to get them. So the, the, the problem really is the people here because Many, many people here, many more people could do this, but the, the problem is the scientists there are very choosy about who they will use as lab assistants here. They will only work with people whose motives are pure. And, uh, and too many people here think this is a way they might be able to make a buck. They know our hearts and they will yes. only work with people of pure heart. And that's a fact. And yes. uh, I mean, I, I know many more things I could say, but won't. And, uh, and that's just the story. But no, I, I can feel it happening to me. As I say, uh, there are people who are working with me now, and I, it, uh, it astonishes me what, what, I'm, what I'm able to, to hear. I mean, the people who are working with me now to answer, answer emails, it just boggles the mind. Oh, my word, I, could, I just can't even believe it. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. It makes my answering emails a lot more confident. I've got to tell you when people are telling me what to say, and I don't have to do any. Uh, well, let me see. Now, what do I know about that? People are just telling me what to say. It's wonderful. Makes my life a lot simpler. Well, that's exactly how Aaron has been operating with me. He tells me what to say, yes. and he teaches <laughs> right. me along the way. And he did tell me that. He said to me, Mom, it's not your job to be a psychic or a medium. It's your job to spread this message. And that's okay. right. All right. Whatever you tell me to do, Aaron, I'll do. <laughs> that's right. That's right. We're all turning into Carol. We all have our own Mikey telling us what to say. <laughs> yeah. It's turning turning out to be a lot simpler. Oh, my dear. I wish we could talk all day. This is so much fun. Thanks. We're coming to the end of our time, though. I'm sorry to say. Hasn't this gone quickly? <laughs> very, very. It goes, it goes very fast. And your website is erinsenergy.com. That'll be in the notes too, everyone. So you won't have to pull off the road to write it down. What, what do you want people to take away from our conversation today? 
Well, thank you for asking. And that is, that is a big question. Um, I've thought about that a lot. Um, what do I want people to take away from all of this? And really what I want people to take away is, is the message that Aaron is channeling through me. And that is that everyone is created from love. We are all valuable parts of this intricate universe and that sharing our stories creates connections. So the more we share our stories, the more we open minds and the more we open the door to the other side. So we're connecting with our loved ones every time we share. And that was the reason for publishing the anthology. Well, beautifully said, my dear. We've been talking with Camille Dan, a beautiful, beautiful, lovely woman who is doing for others. Out of her own grief, she has made something powerful and beautiful for other people. And I just love that so much. And everyone, we've come again to the end of our time. This has been Roberta Grimes and Seek Reality. I'm so happy you could be with us today and hear this wonderful conversation. Please never forget you are a powerful, eternal being. You never began. You never will end. And when you really get what that means, it's going to change everything in our life, your life, my life, all of our lives for the better. Each time one person understands it, it changes it a little bit for all of us. So please, please try to understand that really is true. You are an eternal being. Next week, our our guest will be... You know, we're we're sort of on a roll here. Let's go with Carol and Mikey Morgan. And as you probably know by now, Mikey is a genuine six-level being. He last lived on Earth in the 1600s, and he started to worry about us so much. He was living an eternal life. He could just have stayed there and, you know, drank ambrosia and just had a good time. But he took a voluntary 20-year lifetime on Earth that ended in 2007, specifically so he could answer our questions through his mother, Carol, who swore she never would have signed up for this, lose her, lose her son so young. But she did. He swears she did. And I know you're probably a skeptic when I tell you this, but I was a skeptic, too, in the beginning. And if this is all true, this is all real. I met Carol and Mikey in 2011, and I've since then tested our dear friend Mikey exhaustively. And then I helped them write a book, and it's called Flying High in Spirit, a young snowboarder's account of his ride through heaven. I can tell you without reservation, Mikey Morgan is exactly who and what he claims to be. He's the only person I know who actually knows a lot more about the afterlife than I do. I've heard him answer hundreds and hundreds of questions at this point. And while Carol knows nothing, she's never studied any of this. Mikey has never made a mistake. In fact, I've learned quite a bit from him at this point. Please join us next week and let's hear more of what our wonderful friend Mikey has to say about all this. And this week, we've been talking with Camille Dan, who is a mother of Aaron in spirit and his two brothers and one sister who are here with us. 
Camille has a professional experience as a registered nurse, a medical technical consultant for feature films and television, a private investment manager, and now she's the self-published author of Aaron's Energy, An Unexpected Journey Through Grief and the Afterlife with My Brilliant Son. And she's also the publisher and curator of Gathering at the Doorway, an anthology of signs, visits, and messages from the afterlife. And she is a chapter contributor to Chicken Soup for the Soul. Guess who the author of that probably was? Grieving, Loss, and Healing, and the Beauty of a Grieving Mother. She appears on podcasts, radio, and YouTube shows, and also some live events. And all earnings from her book sales go to charitable causes. So I think, frankly, Camille is a beautiful soul herself. I'm so glad to have met her. And my dear friends, it's time to mention, this is going to be a commercial we're going to be doing each week. Once again, Seek Reality Online is just getting going. She's your, it's your, going to be your one-stop resource for all things afterlife. Go to seekreality.com and start to learn what really is going on. And the Afterlife Research and Education Institute is Seek Reality Online's great nonprofit cousin. Both of them are headed by our beautiful friend, Dr. R. Craig Hogan. Craig is the sole living person who is most on top of everything afterlife and greater reality. And AREI puts out a great monthly newsletter. Just go to afterlifeinstitute.org and sign up to learn as much as you can from the man who remains my primary teacher. As you know, my own nonfiction books are Liberating Jesus, My Thomas, The Fun of Dying, The Fun of Staying in Touch, The Fun of Growing Forever, and The Fun of Living Together. And Within the next year now, finally, the fun of loving Jesus, embracing the Christianity that Jesus taught. For young children, there's the fun of meeting Jesus. And you can order all these books through bookstore, so on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and the adult books are available as audiobooks. And if you want to talk with me about anything at all, you can always contact me through the green contact block on robertagrimes.com. Past episodes of Seek Reality are available on webtalkradio.net. And just frankly... Probably pretty much everywhere you can find podcasts at this point. This has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Please always enjoy and make the most of this week and every week in our one reality. One reality. I don't care what scientists tell you. There is only one reality. And that way reality always is a spiritual reality. You are a powerful, eternal being. You never began, you never will end, and you in particular in all the universe, you most of all are infinitely loved. You've been listening to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Roberta blogs and answers questions at robertagrimes.com. Join us every week as we explore what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about the one reality we all share. Knowing the truth changes everything.